0: Good morning. So the reading for today is taken from the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 1 to 8. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices, repeatedly, endlessly, year after year, make perfect those who draw near, To worship; otherwise, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshippers would have been cleansed once for all, and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins. It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice an offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. Then I said, Here I am, it is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. First he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you do not desire, nor were you pleased with them. Though they were offered in accordance with the law, then he said, here I am, I have come to do your will. He set aside the first to establish the second. And by that will we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. For by one sacrifice he is made perfect forever, those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies for us about this. First he said, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifices for sin is no longer necessary. Um, As a lot of you will know, we have been going through the book of Hebrews um, for the last couple of months. Um, We've already um, heard the author of Hebrews inform the Jewish Christians that Jesus was superior to the angels in chapters one to two. Then we've also learned that Jesus was superior to Moses in chapters three to four. Then we moved on to hear that Jesus was the great high priest in chapters five to seven. And now as we have been looking at chapters eight to 10, Jesus came as the ultimate sacrifice and is greater than any other sacrifice. So in chapter 9 um, that we've covered, it, it stressed that, that Jesus is the mediator of a new covenant. And now as we're focusing on chapter 10, we're looking at how Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice once and for all. So we know at the time this was written, the Jewish Christians needed reminding that Jesus' is. Death and about Jesus' death and resurrection and the meaning it had for them. They were often um, turning back to their more sort of Jewish ways of living and the culture that they were in, rather than living by the new covenant. In chapter 10, the author is encouraging the people to remember that their sins have been removed once and for all, um, through the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ. And there is no need for the repeated sacrifices. In the Jewish tradition, sacrifices were given by the priest daily, and then we also see them giving yearly, given yearly on the Day of Atonement as a form of cleansing the Jewish people from their sins. So although these sacrifices were Needed under the old covenant. Um, The author of Hebrews wanted to explain that they were always a short-term measure and they were a signposting pointing towards a more permanent solution to the problem which would come in Christ's death and ultimate sacrifice. So chapters 10 verse 1 says, the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming. And then in verse 4, The author of Hebrews says, It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. He then quotes the Jewish scriptures, which the Jewish people would have been um, familiar with as a way of reinforcing his point. He reinforces the idea that already in the Israelite tradition, all the way back through David and the prophets, there was a sense that the sacrifices in themselves were insufficient. The writer of Hebrews quotes quotes a psalm of David, Psalm 40, verse 5, saying, Sacrifices and offerings you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. Um, We also know that this idea that the sacrifices that the Jewish people were performing, was not enough to address their sin. is also discussed in Hosea, in chapter 6, verse 6, where it says, For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. The repeated sacrifices in themselves were insufficient, and the Old Testament already pointed to that fact. The author explains that through Jesus, the sacrifices are fulfilled once and for all. Um, so this point is further elaborated on in verse 12 when it says, but when the priest, so Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sin, he sat down at the right hand of God. Now in our current culture, especially uh, with the pandemic, a lot of our work is invo- involves sitting in front of a screen, um, remote working has become more common. Um, so a lot of our work can be sedatory, sitting down. Um, in the culture that Jesus um, taught, um, often majority of the work was labouring or being in the fields. So when you sat down was when your work was complete. So the idea that Jesus sat down at the right hand of God illustrates the point that in his sacrificial death on the cross, the battle over sin was complete. The Jewish people no longer needed to perform the repeated sacrifices um, for sin, as Christ's death had paid the ultimate price once and for all. So, from this passage, I am going to draw, draw on three points that I think were important for the Christians at the time, but also are important for us today. So, I don't know if we could just have them on the screen now. Um, I hope you're as impressed with my alliteration as I was. Um, so, the three points are sanctified rather than striving. So we're sanctified through Christ rather than the need to strive. Um, relationship with God rather than the need for ritual. And the third point was remembering our saviour rather than our sin. So the first point, sanctified through Christ rather than needing to strive. So the Jewish Christians were reminded that Jesus' death and resurrection removed their sin once and for all, sanctifying them and making them holy. Verse 10 says, We have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Christ once and for all. And then we've got in verse 14, it says, By one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. It is by the death of Christ that the people were made holy and perfect, and not by the repeated performing of sacrifices. Now, today, we don't have the same sacrificial system that they had in the time of Jesus, but we can also fall into the trap of repeatedly doing things in order to gain forgiveness and acceptance. Um, so in 2016, when I was working as a busy junior doctor, I took some time out, out of my job and I went on a retreat. So I travelled all the way to Loo in the south coast of Cornwall. And I went on a silent retreat. This wasn't anything I'd done before. Um, but it was an amazing experience. On the fourth day of that retreat, they gave us a meditation exercise. And that meditation exercise was to reflect on the cross. To look at our sin in light of the cross. Um, and also reflect on God's grace. And they said that we, we could weep over the sacrifice that he made. Um, so I was keen not to be distracted, so I took myself up to a very quiet loft area in the retreat um, uh, convent area. And I, um, I kne- kneeled on the floor and I prayed. Um, and I reflected on this idea of the cross and trying to reflect on my sin. Um, After a few hours of praying, I was struggling. Um, I found it hard to see my sin, and instead of tears being uh, down my face, I noted that it was more the dust from this lofty area that my face was covered in. Um, I had always done well in exams. I'd gone to church. I'd studied hard as a doctor I prided myself in my thoughtfulness and I struggled to see my sin, let alone weep over it. It was the following day when I was setting the table for lunch. That was my job on the retreat. And when you're in silence, you're often a bit more aware of what you're thinking. And I noticed as I was setting this table, I was wondering how beautiful I could make this table look. Uh, I thought, should I go and pick some flowers from the garden? Uh, should I, how can I make the spoons look perfect on the table? I even compared my table setting ability to the person that had done the setting for dinner the night before. Um, it was at that point I felt convicted. <laughs> I felt convicted of my striving and my perfectionism. I was not setting the table for others or for God. I was setting the table for myself. I was striving to do things right, not because God had changed my heart, but because I wanted to create a Miriam to be admired. Um, I was repeatedly striving to achieve and earn the affection of others and potentially even God. Rather than accepting that I didn't need to earn God's grace. It had already been given to me once and for all when Jesus died on the cross. Um, The following day, as I was laying the table with a bit more of a smile on my face, I decided as a symbolic gesture to switch the cutlery. So the fork was on the right and the knife on the left as a symbolic gesture and I watched with a rather gleeful, joyful look on my face as people came in for lunch and the fellow perfectionists were swapping them them round on the retreat. But why am I telling you this story? Um, I'm telling you this story because in a similar way to my constant striving, the Israelites also needed to, rem- to be reminded that they did not need to continually offer the sacrifices to cleanse them from their sin. Verse 14 says, by one sacrifice, he made perfect forever those who are being made holy. And in verse 10, it says, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Christ. Those hearing the letters to the Hebrews needed to be reminded that they did not need to sacrifice animals in order to come close to God or be made perfect by any work of their own. Jesus Christ had done the work for them. There is nothing that we can do to gain God's forgiveness. It is a free gift that we receive when we turn to him. Um, Which leads me to my second point, is that God wants a relationship with us rather than the need for ritual. In verse 16, the author of Hebrews quotes Jeremiah 31, which says, This is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws on their hearts and I will write them on their minds. So what does this idea of putting the law on their hearts mean? The author of Hebrews wanted to show the Jewish Christians that instead of that law being written on stone tablets that they were merely to obey, It is through the new covenant made in Christ's blood, through the Holy Spirit, that we can truly live in obedience to God. The new covenant would transform them internally, allowing their hearts to be changed. So they are not merely following rules, but are changing and changing their hearts. So they're seeking to do right by the Holy Spirit changing them rather than merely obeying rules. We become obedient to God and his word because he transforms our hearts. So they still would have followed the law, but the motivation would have been different. Going back to my retreat experience, it wasn't the fact that I wanted the table to look nice that there was the problem. It was the motivation behind what I was doing. It wasn't for others, it wasn't for God, it was to big up myself. Um, When I developed in my relationship with God, my heart changed. And I was able to see that I did not need to gain the acceptance of God by what I was doing. When I grew in my relationship and intimacy with God, I understood that I did not need to work at gaining forgiveness or acceptance. My heart was changed and I realized that my imperfect self through Christ's sacrificial death, was made acceptable to God. Through Christ's sacrifice on the cross, we can draw into relationship with him. In the Old Testament, people often would speak to God via the prophets or vice versa. Through Christ's sacrifice, we are able to draw close to him, The Holy Spirit lives with us and directs our path. Romans 8 verse 11 says, The Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. And I think we can often forget this fact. We forget that we can communicate directly with God. When Jesus died on the cross, the black curtain in the temple was torn. And through the Holy Spirit, we can have a deep and intimate relationship with him. So although Jesus' death and removal of our sins happen once and for all, as we hear in this passage today, we are drawn into an ongoing present-day relationship with God who can guide us and continually make us more like him. Um, And that brings me to my last point, which is that we need to remember our Saviour rather than remembering our sins. So verse 17 in the passage today says, their sin and lawless acts, I will remember no more. Isn't that great? I will remember them no more. Um, this was contrary to the Jewish system at the time where there would be an annual reminder of sin on the day of attainment. Through the cross of Christ, they no longer needed the repeated sacrifice. Christ's death, death had wiped away their sins once and for all. And verse 17 reminds us that God will remember their sins no more. Um, Now we may have a difficult time forgiving ourselves or forgiving those around us, um, but God does not hold our sins against us. And do we know that really deep down today? Um, We know that the Jewish Christians, they'd heard the good news, they'd already um, become a Christian, they'd found faith. They'd been told that that Christ's sacrifice was the ultimate sacrifice once and for all. Um, But they still felt this need to do the repeated sacrifices. Did they really know deep down in their hearts? Did they need reminding of the good news of Christ? Had they really grasped it? Um, And I wonder, like I was reminded on on the retreat, um, do we sometimes need reminding of the cross and its significance? Um, We've just celebrated Easter And we've heard the story of the death and resurrection of Christ. Um, And the cross itself is an everyday part of life. We may wear one round our necks. And we may have them on our walls of our house. We've got one behind us here today. Um, But do we sometimes also need reminding of its significance here and now, as well as when we first came to know Christ? Verse 10 says, We have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Christ, once and for all. Verse 14, For for by one sacrifice is made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Um, When we truly understand and know this deep deep down in our hearts, it brings a a real sense of joy, um, which is what I experienced when I was reminded on my retreat. But we sometimes do need reminding that we don't need to do anything in our own strength, that we are redeemed in Christ That God loved us so much that he sent his son um, as the ultimate sacrifice. That Christ's death means we can have an ongoing relationship with him through the Holy Spirit. We can often talk about our faith in terms of a past tense relationship rather than a present tense relationship. Uh, So when I was saved or born again in the past, rather than talking about our relationship with God here and now. Although Christ died on the cross once and for all, he did, so that, he did this so that we can be drawn into an ongoing relationship with him here and now through the Holy Spirit um, and going forward. He wants us to experience his ongoing love just as much today as when we first encountered God. Amen.